Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Well, welcome to another in our interview series on the Marketing Tech Blog. I have uh, on Skype with me today, Daniel Lemon. Daniel, welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. And, uh, and for those that don't aren't familiar with Daniel, Daniel is a respected authority in the reputation industry. Uh, he was an early Google hire, which that's pretty excited. Uh, Lemon was one of the first pioneers to realize the importance, impact, and power of online ratings and reviews on small businesses and the ongoing struggle business owners have with their online reputations. Um, Daniel is an acknowledged expert on digital marketing, public relations, and reputation management, and is a consultant for prominent Fortune 500 companies, including Nestle, Procter & Gamble, Hilton, Sony, Suzuki, Munchkin, and Best Buy. Um, and closer to home, uh, Daniel is a senior strategist with the consulting firm Convince & Convert, who we know a little bit about, of course. <laughs> and, and you're a contributor to the Convince & Convert marketing blog, uh, which is, of course, the number one rated content marketing blog in the world. How's that? That's a pretty good intro right there, right? That it never fails to impress that last metric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, sir. And, and what we're going to be talking about today is Daniel has a new book coming out uh, December 1st. Uh, in all major um, stores, but it's called Manipurated, and it's how business owners can fight fraudulent online ratings and reviews. Uh, and so some of the businesses listening may not even realize that that is happening in this industry, but Daniel and I were talking before the show, Yelp has 26,000 new reviews per minute. Per minute. That's absolutely incredible. And Daniel, your response to me when I said that that was so extraordinary was? <laughs> well, a quarter of that 26,000 uh, is fake, <laughs> which is the, I mean, 26,000 a minute is a shocking number, but you realize that, you know, a, a very large number of those are fake. It's even more, it's even more uh, uh, off-putting, I think, for a lot of, a lot of consumers and businesses alike. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and talk about that. So, so what, what composes, you know, a fake review is it, are these bots? Are they, you know, are they agencies? Are they, who's doing these bad reviews? Yeah, well, Yelp definitely has, a, has a, probably a, a different flavor for what bad reviews look like than some other sites. Uh, they, they, they take a pretty wide a uh, very technical approach. So if, if it appears that it's coming from someone who works for the company, uh, friends and family, you know, it's IP address related, associated, all of that kind of gets flagged as fake reviews. And of course, there's the obvious stuff, the fake, the fake, the fakest of the fakers, uh, you know, the bots and the things that don't even make sense when you read them. I mean, that's, that's pretty clear, but they, they take a pretty advanced, uh, uh, pretty advanced look at fake reviews from an algorithmic perspective. Uh, but even even that with that kind of fail-safe in place, I actually don't know that I would call it a fail-safe. It fails pretty regularly. There was a separate study. Uh, so the 25% figure actually comes from Yelp. There was a separate study from a group of researchers at, at a university that found of the, of the reviews that are published on Yelp, an additional approximately 20% are are fake in some way. So 
it's to say it's pervasive is understating the I think the extent of the problem. And and with that, you know, with that extensive issue, how how much are these even even these fake reviews? How how much are they impacting businesses? They they have. I mean, it hurts businesses in a, a few different ways. The the most obvious is if a competitor comes after you, right? If your your next door uh, competitor or your competitor across the street starts publishing fake reviews about you, that's that's obviously going to harm you, uh, and that that's a pretty pretty clear cut case. But the other the other ways that it 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 kind of hurts businesses, I think a lot of business owners feel that maybe the, the lowest hanging fruit for getting new reviews is to pay some of the easily uh, findable services to go out and and write fake reviews for them. So that they kind of get trapped in that game as well. And in truth, fake reviews are a huge problem for the industry, but it, it doesn't serve anyone. It's kind of a zero-sum game, really. Uh, Yelp and Angie's List, TripAdvisor, they certainly hate it, right? They don't like the presence of that. It doesn't help consumers make a better decision, and it doesn't really serve in the business owners either. So it's it's a it's a pervasive problem, but it's kind of just wrought by the nature of the internet itself. There's the anonymity gives everybody kind of license to make money off of uh, off of that and and sort of make a, little, a business model out of it. I actually interviewed a woman. Uh, and, and she she's not unique. I just happened to kind of hone in and develop a relationship with her. She she a uh, young woman lives in San Diego. She went to UC San Diego. She's smart smart woman. Studied communications, uh, public relations. You know she she definitely is of a marketing mindset. So much so that she started writing fake reviews for a living because that just seemed like a, a market for her. So she that's her whole business model is. Oh no! <laughs> is companies paying her to write reviews mostly on Amazon uh, about products that that they have? So it's it is a massively pervasive problem. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Wow. You, you would almost think that it would require, you know, Amazon is probably a good example where why not require someone to, you know, have that purchase in place. You know, Angie's List is a, you know, they were a client of ours, so full disclosure there. But what intrigued me about Angie's List was, you know, that you had to be a paid subscriber in order to actually write a review. So yep. it was a, a lot of people said, well, I'm not going to pay to use a review service. Well, it wasn't that. It was, you know, it was trying to keep the quality of the reviews up in yep. the system. But it, it, it's it's interesting. I wonder, I wonder, do you think that the industry is going to, you know, modify its behavior or they're going to continue this autonomous approach that where people can just, you know, keep trying to game the system like this? I, I think they have to modify the system. Uh, Amazon itself actually implemented um, maybe a few years ago. I don't know the actual timeline for it, but they they have a lot of reviews marked verified on their site. So if it's nice. if it's a purchase that actually happened through their platform, it gets marked as verified. Uh, this young lady in San Diego has figured out how to game that system. She just has the client reimburse her on the back end for buying the product. Oh, no. So, you know, she she does actually receive the product, uh, but she told me she never really uses it or opens it. She might eventually, you know, give it away. 
<laughs> so that, that that type of thing is happening. Uh, one, I think one of my favorite examples, though, of a company trying to do better. A- Angie's List is actually a really good example uh, because of the way their their model is built. The other one is TripAdvisor. Uh, they've they've done a good job, kind of working with uh, American Express to develop a system that uh, basically when American Express, uh, if you connect your TripAdvisor account and your American Express account uh, via their kind of backend system, when American Express sees that you stayed at the Hilton Hotel in Chicago, they'll say, do you, do you want to write a review about that hotel on TripAdvisor? And then it gets marked on TripAdvisor as, as an American Express stay. So they, they know that you at least had a financial transaction with that particular hotel before you wrote the review. It still doesn't be the opportunity for fraud, but that becomes a much higher threshold to cross, right? Yeah. To no, have that's, an American that's, Express card and fake a night at the hotel and get a charge, it starts to become a little bit more cumbersome. Now, it seems to me, and, and, and uh, this is fascinating, it's fascinating that someone can make their living writing a fake review at, at a product level where margins are so tiny. Is the impact of you know, a, a positive you know, review that much that you could, let's say, I don't know what it would cost, let's say it's $100 or $150 you know, for someone to write a fake review. <laughs> Maybe I'm totally off. Maybe it's $5. You would think that you would think someone's time is that valuable. She only charges five, wow. believe it or not. So she's she's churning these things out, you know, probably dozens a day at a at a bare minimum, uh, and I and in some cases multiple reviews for the same product with different personas. Uh, she's kind of figured out how to mask her IP address, so she kind of tricks the system into thinking she's in San Diego and Chicago and New Orleans all in the same day. I, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was disappointed. I was also fascinated. It's like this woman is smart. Yeah, you know she could just put this to to use to solve like real world problems. We we uh, <laughs> would all benefit, but it it's it's a real it's a real problem. You can go on uh, Fiverr F I V E R R. That's one. You can find any number of people willing to write reviews. That's incredible. You know, it, it seems and, and uh, you know, the similar, I guess the parallel would be the SEO industry, you know, for the longest time, you know, it, it skyrocketed to a five billion dollar industry. And that was because people saw that if they, you know, if they spent, you know, a um, hundred thousand dollars on black hat, you know, SEO tactics, it, it could lead to millions of dollars of new business for them. And thankfully, you know, Google algorithms have have I believe largely caught up with that. So now it's you know it's it, there's this daisy chain of relevance and websites and age and and everything else that that they're that they're applying you know to to validate you know the the authority of the sources on there. It'll be it'll be it'll be great to see if you know Amazon and and the rest of the people are able to do the same from an algorithmic standpoint. Well, it's really interesting you bring that up uh, because one of the the sort of principles in in my book that I I put forth is that business large businesses understand the game right they've got they've got agency resources 
uh, Yumi, you know, they, they, they know how to game the system and they, they have a lot of experience because of that SEO uh, background for, you know, 15 years they've been doing this. Small businesses don't have that understanding uh, because they just don't have those resources. They're, they're, not, they're not in the business of marketing, they're in the business of whatever, donuts or accounting. Uh, and and that the latter kind of evolution in the SEO world, which shifted everything away from inbound links and link farms, all that crap, to freshness, fresh content on a page, is the primary reason Yelp and TripAdvisor and those sites became so prominent in the first place. It's because Google started to love them because they had tons and tons of fresh content all the time, 20, you know, six, some thousand reviews a minute on Yelp. So they're, they're packed full of fresh content every, every minute. And is, that, and is that in your book you talk about the fresh factor? Is that what you're speaking to? That's exactly it. And, and I think businesses can use that mindset to kind of fight back, and not, and not by hiring fake reviews, but by using the system and the way it, not necessarily it was intended to work, but the way it's become uh, the way it has sort of evolved, which is this toxic mix of freshness and links and all of these things. Freshness is really one of the key things that Google cares about because it's it's the signal that seems to be the most um, prominent to them right now. Well, I suppose you would you would eventually run out of money if you just kept trying to prop up your false business. <laughs> on you will, and <laughs> you'll run out of money, and you you might even get you might even get you know, caught doing it. It's pretty likely you'll get caught doing it. Uh, Yelp, Yelp has an, a really active program. It basically puts scarlet letters on a company's profile that says this, this company is faking its reviews. You should steer clear. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty scary when as a business owner, you think how, you know, how can I get caught up in that, that mess? I'll never get out of it. That's incredible. I, I have a, you know, we have a friend of ours that he owns a, uh, a pizza shop uh, here in Indianapolis, and and um, one of the reviews that he got, he believes it was from a competitor, but it was basically you know that he this guy came in and ordered the special and it was terrible. But the 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 week that the review ran, there was no special. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and and you know my advice to him was uh, attack it head on. You know, go ahead and defend your you know defend your business and. And put in there that, you know, hey, you know, you don't have to be rude or anything, but, you know, you can go in there and, and absolutely respond and say, I'm, you know, I'm just curious. We didn't actually run a special that week, so I'm, I'm not sure how this is a valid review, um, you know, and go out there and do it. And so, which leads to a, you know, a question with you is we've talked about, you know, obviously the impact and what's wrong with the industry, um, you know, but what is a small business customer who's, you know, time and, you know, energy, of course, are, are limited. How do they deal with, um, you know, even the, the, the reviews that aren't fake, but, you know, are bad or ugly? Yeah, I, Jay talks about this, uh, Jay Bear, in his new book, Hug Your Haters. Uh, he, uh, I think that's, that's out next year in the spring, 2016 in the spring. Uh, he, he did some research and found that the, the most important thing that a, any business can do is to really look at responding to every review, good or bad, 
uh, because that sets the precedent for you being kind of an active participant in in the the story about your company or your products, right? And I, I think that's that. I mean, that's that's a very high bar to cross for a lot of businesses if they in the litany of things they have to do every single day also add this task of doing you know maybe an hour's worth worth of rating and review responses and so i think you know my my perspective on that is it it, that is definitely the stretch goal for every business to say yeah we are we're going to respond to reviews no matter where they are whether they're good or bad uh i you know the the thing for business, a small business owner, they first kind of need to figure out which sites are really driving business to them in the first place. If it's not Yelp, then I'm not wouldn't suggest they don't care about Yelp. But if they have to make some choices, you know, they can take Yelp off of the list. There's different ways they can do that. You know, obviously ask customers where did you find me. That's one easy way. But they can also look in their website analytics to see if they're getting any inbound traffic whatsoever from Yelp or Angie's List. Uh, And they kind of, uh, if you do some correlation and and say, customers are telling me that they're finding me on Angie's List, I'm getting traffic from Angie's List, and I rank pretty highly in Google search. That's one of the highest, uh, it's one of the top search results for my business is my Angie's List Profile, so maybe I can not worry so much about Yelp and really focus on Angie's List, and that that already gives them a sense of priority. That's at least giving a some structure to their day, <laughs> at least that component of their day, uh, and then and then kind of shift to this mentality of responding to every review, uh, good or bad. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at dknewmedia.com. We're on the line with Daniel Lemon. Daniel is the author of Manipurated, which is coming out uh, December 1st. Uh, make sure you go to manipurated.com. You can download a free chapter of the book. Uh, and, of course, you can uh, find the links to pre-order it on Amazon and Goodreads and everything else. Um, you were just talking, Daniel, about how people can focus their time and attention you know, and have that ultimate goal of, of answering reviews. I'm curious because I did download the chapter and read the, the amazing story about Bobby the hairdresser. And, and maybe you can just... Uh, talk about that story a little bit and I'm intrigued now um, I don't want to obviously uh, stop you from getting people ordering your book but I'm curious how that story ended uh, but maybe you can give everybody you know kind of an overview of, of of the story and then and then where it went from there yeah you bet so Bobby's story Bobby's a good friend uh, of of mine he lives in in Los Angeles uh, and he had started a hair salon sort of after a, a litany of kind of career shifts, he, w- he worked in the creative industry for a long time. He just was passionate about, you know, hair. And so he, he opened a really nice hair salon on Abbott Kinney in Los Angeles, which is kind of a hot little, it's a hotbed of, you know, hipsterness in Los Angeles, which is already. It's, it's where uh, I won't be. 
Right. You, you don't really find me there either, to be fair. But he, his salon did very, very well. Uh, it was kind of a little garden setting, uh, and it became very popular. Uh, Bobby had, I think, a very typical experience from probably 99% of American businesses. He was besieged by calls from all manner of salespeople almost the day he opened. You know, we want to sell you accounting software and advertising and all of these things. And some of those calls came from Yelp and City Search. Uh, City Search probably doesn't even matter for a lot of people anymore, but at the time it was still somewhat relevant. Uh, and he was just besieged by calls from those folks, and he sort of ignored it at, at the point. At that point, he you know he was just starting and didn't really have tons of resources uh, until the one fateful day when he a friend actually told him about a review on Yelp that was just scathing and awful. And Bobby hadn't really been paying attention to his Yelp profile a whole lot. And hadn't he hadn't seen it uh, until a friend told him about it. And, and it kind of made him panic. You know, it's, it, it's very off. It's very off-putting or, or sort of sure. upsetting to a business owner. This is it's an entire livelihood. It's a brand new business. And in, in the case, in his case, it was, it was an actual customer. It was just such a crazy customer <laughs> that... It looked almost fake. It was an unbelievable rant against him and his business. And she was a crazy, a crazy woman, but she left him a nasty review. Uh, and it was all, it was all her. But unfortunately, it left him feeling very vulnerable. And so the next time Yelp and City Search called, he started to listen a little bit more. And it was just, there were a lot of the promises of yeah, we can help you manage your your reputation, and we'll. we'll promise you this and we'll promise you that. Uh, and so he actually signed up with City Search and later with Yelp uh, and didn't have a particularly good experience with either one of them. Uh, they are not particularly easy companies to work with, Yelp in particular. They're, as a small business owner, they're really not a particularly easy company to work with. Uh, but they, they, there was always this sort of inherent threat that if you don't work with us, who knows what could happen? And, uh, you know, there have been a lot of reports of Yelp deranking companies that don't advertise with them. And I don't think he ever quite got that sense from them, but it was there was definitely a sense of of potential harm. And that's that's very upsetting to business owners, you, particularly in the midst of maybe confronting a new review you just found out about that's very negative to then kind of be shifted to this, if you don't subscribe to our services, you know, we can't promise that that's not going to happen again. Um, it, it's, it was a, a very negative experience for him. And it eventually it just sort of worked itself out. I mean, he continued to get other reviews. Unfortunately, that crazy woman's review stuck at the top of his Yelp uh, profile for a very long time, despite a bunch of other great legitimate reviews uh, from customers it eventually went away, but uh, it's, I think, a very typical experience for a lot of businesses. And what actually happens there is it causes causes them a knee-jerk reaction to just disregard the entire platform altogether, which is that is perhaps the most harmful thing because not being present there, not addressing reviews is not going to help you grow your business in any way. And so that that reaction that, you know, screwed all, I'm not going to do anything, 
the, you know, screw them <laughs> that I, I got that sense from a lot of businesses when I uh, was interviewing them for, for the book and, and some businesses get it uh, and a lot of, and just about all of them understand the power of, of Yelp and TripAdvisor. But there was that, that sort of, I don't want to do business with those people because they're evil, uh, sort of sensibility. And you sort of have to put that aside and say this, this is where my customers find me. Right. So unfortunately, I have to go make the most of that platform. And, and now I, here's a, here's an example. You know, the, I was speaking about my friend that owns the pizza shop. Of course I have a friend that owns a pizza shop, uh, but, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, is it, a, is it a good pizza shop? Oh my God. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> New, York store, New York style P, pizza. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a shout out. It's Brazini's. Um, but, but now TripAdvisor, it was interesting that you had talked about the quality of their reviews, especially their verified reviews, but he gets a lot of business from TripAdvisor and he asks his customers, of course, where they heard about him. But I think he might be doing the same thing. I think he's had some, some similar issues with Yelp. So he's largely, you know, kind of ignored, you know, that, that, that medium, you know, is it, is it best that he, um, you know, if, if you have a situation like that where you have great reviews and you're getting a ton of visits off of certain, you know, companies and uh, uh, another company where you might have poor ratings, so you're obviously not getting business off it, is it worth it to even, you know, keep going after that negative one and trying to, you know, turn it around? Or or do you just put your time and effort, you know, into, into where you're getting the best leads from? Uh, I, I would argue as someone whose time is limited, it's probably the latter there. You know, you, you put your effort where you think the, the best return is. And the truth is, I think Yelp and TripAdvisor have completely different audience segments. It's, it's my hunch for yeah. the vast majority of businesses. Right. The, you know, I think TripAdvisor tends to be um, an older, probably more frequent traveler, uh, whereas I think Yelp tends to be a, a younger crowd. And so that, that alone may be, that's maybe a very broad generalization. Everybody uses Yelp, but I don't know that, I don't know that everybody leans on Yelp as their first choice of, of thing. The, the one interesting thing about, about reviews in general is that consumers, I mean, consumers are pretty smart. They know the drill. They can see through those crazy people's comments in a review uh, to the point that uh, most consumers read anywhere between two and 10 reviews when they make a purchase decision for a local business. So, so that alone should reassure a lot of businesses that, you know, one bad review isn't going to take you down. Uh, and I think that's also true. I believe that consumers shop around different sites. So if they see a three-star overall rating on Yelp and they think hmm, that's interesting because TripAdvisor, it's a, you know, a four and a half star pizza place. And I don't understand the difference there. And then they, if they click in to Yelp and see there's just a couple of reviews, whereas TripAdvisor, maybe 40, 50 reviews, then I, I tend to think that weighs on their decision quite a lot. So Interesting. Yeah, I know I, I had attended a, 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 sh, a consumer um, electronics show years ago. And it was a fascinating conversation. I can't remember the gentleman's name that was speaking, uh, but he was working, I think he was working for Sony or something like that. And they, they, they had this amazing study where they found that um, people basically ignored five-star reviews 
Yeah. And, and so, so they, they found that they're, when they, they had an average of like 4.2 you know, to 4.8, the sales were highest. But if they had five, sales plunged. <laughs> yeah. And it was because it was because the consumer did recognize that, oh, my God, this this can't possibly be real. You know, nobody can have a, you know, a perfect review. And and then the other thing that he talked about was that that consumers a lot of times and I do this on Amazon, the the I instantly go to the one star reviews. And yeah. I, and I read the one star reviews and just see whether it's relevant or not. And yep. most of the time I go, well, you know, they're a troll or it's not relevant. Uh, and I and I buy the product anyways. Yeah. And, and I also look at the date personally. That's that was another interesting uh, thing that I, I found in, in my research that it reviews past three months old are somewhat seen as irrelevant by consumers. They, you know, for a variety of reasons, it's, it's just old. It's a, interesting. In the internet world, three months is everything. So <laughs> that I think that weighs on people too. If there's a bunch of old reviews that aren't that great, you think it's probably not that relevant. Yeah. Wow. This is this is really fascinating data. What a what an incredible and and by the way, you have already. I, I think Jay Jay actually wrote your uh, your preface in the book. Is that is that the yes? Book? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and gave it some re- uh, awesome reviews already, and said that um, there's an incredible amount of science and use cases within the book. So uh, I want to encourage people again: go to manipulated.com, and you'll find Daniel's book. Uh, you can get a free chapter right there on his site, and then of course you can go. Make sure you go pre-order it so that you have great sales on your opening day, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And write write good reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, I didn't just say that. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to say that, are you? <laughs> are no, you? no, you really you're not. <laughs> yeah, and that's a that's an interesting concept right there, right? Because a, a lot of businesses, um, uh, and maybe you can explain, you know, what the you're not supposed to solicit reviews from people, or you're not supposed to reward people for reviews, or is it both? Uh, the, so the, your latter point there, rewarding people, that's a pretty much a universal no. Uh, every platform that I researched, they all strongly, strongly oppose kind of rewarding people for reviews. Uh, only a few really discourage soliciting reviews, Yelp being the, the primary example there. They are very aggressive about not soliciting reviews, which I, f- I don't necessarily agree with. I think right. it's... A strong stance. Uh, well, it they, seems like if, if if I do a great job, if I'm a business and someone comes in and says, you know, I just wanted to take five minutes and tell you how much I appreciate the work that you did, I I don't understand the bad part of me going, you know what, I really appreciate you saying that. If you could take the time and go on Yelp and write it on there, because it would be, you know, it would mean a lot to us. Yeah, yeah, they take a hard, a very hard stance on that. But other sites like Angie's List. They'll actually give you widgets you can put in your your email or on your website to capture and collect reviews. TripAdvisor will right. as well. So it's it's there isn't a clear industry precedent there. Uh, I've I've gotten to the point of just suggesting to businesses, I soliciting reviews is just fine. Just don't solicit. Don't ask for good reviews. Just solicit feedback. Oh, interesting. And and I've seen I've seen some of the. Uh, uh, some of the apps that I've seen out there is there there's some review apps that 
they they add like a layer between the review sites and so they'll say you know when you when you leave the shop you might get a text message that says how did we do and if you say one star terrible they instantly call you and say oh my god what did we do wrong how can we fix it but if they give you a five they say oh my gosh go to go to yelp and share that yeah um, yeah I mean, it's the other really interesting kind of thing i discovered in this in this process is there there's a a distinct difference between a star rating and the and the written context, the actual review. That star rating is everything. <laughs> that is everything in search. Uh, and of course, Google has its own algorithm for star ratings. Uh, and I don't think a lot of businesses think about their their presence on Google on the the Google platform, like reviews that happen on Google. Right. Well, right now it's Google Plus, but on the the local platform, and that 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 is really everything in search. If if you search for any business, that star rating, Google has recently made changes and stripped out other other platforms from that algorithm. It's just their own now. So, if you know someone says I had a, I had an amazing you know experience here, Google needs to be one of the things you would toss into rotation, like. Can you put a? Can you give us a star rating on Google? That's the easiest thing to do. It takes like a minute. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I just talked to a, a vet clinic uh, this week, and they they're doing something really interesting. They have a huge email list, like for a vet clinic, it's several thousand people uh, for for a local vet clinic, which is fairly large. And they they're actually going through one by one and looking for people with Gmail addresses and they're individually emailing those and just saying, you know, we noticed you were in a couple of weeks ago and we'd love if you would give us a rating on Google. <laughs> so they're, they're being very focused on trying to grow their presence on, on Google for that reason. Nice. Yeah. And uh, that, it's incredible. I, I just, I, I couldn't imagine being a business and being in a position where I, I have to manage you know my content, and I have to manage my social media, and I have to, and I have to, you know, manage my reviews across, you know, whatever eight hundred sites. Yeah, there are. It's, <laughs> it's really getting tough for businesses, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's the the playing field is so uh, it's stacked in not in favor of any business on the face of the planet almost ever. I mean, there's so many deterrents to opening a business. I, I am like so impressed by the people I interviewed that they're, they're doing so much at such a high output level, whether it's accounting and HR and reviews and marketing and reputation and website and email, all these things. It's like, how do you do this every day and yeah. still make donuts? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which, is what you're in business to do. It's it's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, being a late entrepreneur myself, I, I was just telling someone the other day, you know, I said, I've, I've basically, you know, the business is coming up on seven years. I've been sprinting for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 incredible. Well, Daniel, this is a fascinating conversation. I, I Again, I really want to uh, encourage everybody, um, just, just go download the free chapter and you're already going to be glued and want to get the rest of the book. So go to manipurated.com. Uh, Daniel, people can follow you on uh, Twitter, right, at Daniel Lemon. And, yep. and that's uh, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-M. 
I-N, and I'll put those links uh, in our um, in in our blog post when we when we share this as well. And then of course LinkedIn, um, and let's see YouTube. You're on. Uh, you have uh, a channel on there for Manipulated. Uh, we do. Uh, I don't have much content on there just yet, but there will be more stuff coming for uh, on the video side. And then, uh, and then you're on the speaking circuit as well as writing on uh, Convince and Convert too, right? That's right. Yeah, I've got a, a lot of things coming up. Uh, I'll be at Social Media Week in Chicago in November. So if anyone happens to be there, uh, there will be an event at Cision. Uh, Cision's offices in Chicago. So that will be a great place to hear more direct about the book. Fantastic. And this is this is really a book, you know, both it sounds like, you know, focused on both small businesses, medium sized businesses and agencies, right? Yep, for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, by the way, I always tell people this, I pre-ordered the book already. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you have one more sale there. I think you and my mother, I have now two, two pre-orders. <laughs> I don't think my mom bought my book. So you're, you're, you're ahead of me. <laughs> I, I, Daniel, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today. This is a fascinating um, topic and and such an important one for businesses and and again everybody uh, to get ahead of this and to really understand the science behind it and then the strategies that you can utilize to get ahead of you know uh, great bad and and even ugly reviews as as Daniel puts it um, be sure to order manipulated and uh, and 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 develop a strategy for this so that you can optimize your time wisely as a small business and, and get ahead of this trend. Daniel, thanks again for for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me on, letting me share. And uh, I hope businesses kind of take heart that it's not as complex as it might seem at first. That's that's really the big message. Awesome. That's great to hear. Thank you. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.